listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. This episode is brought to you by Saucy Farm, and I'm extremely excited to announce a huge event that's happening October 22nd through 24th at their place in Wiggins, Mississippi. It's the first ever Saucy Farm Sale and Polo Cross Incentive Competition. You heard it, the very first Australian stock horse sale of its kind in the United States, along with the first ever Australian stock horse only Polo Cross Incentive Competition. We'll also be having working equitation classes. There will be tremendous prizes and money to fight for. It's just going to be an awesome weekend to be a part of. Whether you have a first cross or a heritage Australian stock horse, you're invited to be a part of this tremendous event. Stay tuned for more information and please save the date October 22nd through 24th of this year. Saucy Farm and Australian stock horses, the breed for every need. You can find them on Facebook or call 228-263-0930. Hi Ryan, it's Jennifer Carpenter here of Heartland Polo Cross Club in Northern Virginia. I want to thank you for Chuck a Talk and all you do for player development. Listening in the truck while we're trailering to tournaments really helps pass miles on the road. It's so fun to hear you and our American A-grade players banter with each other and with the Aussie, African, UK, and other international player accents. I'm looking out here at our very green polo cross fields, mowed and ready for heartland practice this Sunday afternoon. As a pony club mom, volunteer, and adult novice player, I so enjoy sharing the fun, confidence-building riding skills that come with polo cross. Many top-grade players like yourself learned about polo cross in pony club. Pony club is where it all begins, like the logo says. Please let your listeners know, this summer, the third week in July 2021, the United States Pony Club will host for the first time an APA-sanctioned tournament during Pony Club Festival Championships at Kentucky Horse Park, Lexington, Kentucky. The USPC tournament is open to APA members of all ages, novice to advanced players. Festival week is competition in eight concurrent equine disciplines, including this APA tournament and educational workshops. Your entry to compete at this world-class equine event venue includes stabling and admission to Kentucky Horse Park's four museums, live breed attractions, barns, restaurants, and the walks of Equine Memorial Gardens. The International Museum of the Horse there is the largest in the world to explore the fascinating relationship between horses and humans. Remember to stay at the Kentucky Horse Park Campground, where the APA Tournament Dinner will take place Wednesday evening. Bring a bike to ride to the barns from the campground daily to your barn. The Festival Guidebook with entry information and all the details is now available on the Pony Club website at ponyclub.org. Entries open May 1st. 
Pony Club Polo Cross Committee members Holly Beth, Summer, Am Emma, Alex, TJ, Eunice, and myself can assist your family with entries, education, and volunteer opportunities. Thanks for letting me share this, and thanks everyone for listening. On this episode of Chugga Talk, you'll meet the Lister Sisters from Western Australia. Lizzie Reed, Suzette Thomas, Tracy Jarrett, and Sally Galvin have dominated the sport of polo cross in Australia over several decades. Listen closely as they share their experiences growing up in the sport, as well as all of the things they've contributed since, even outside the sport of polo cross. Listen carefully to this one. You don't want to miss it. Here on Chugga Talk, the goal is to shrink the polo cross world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy. We have the Lister Sisters on the podcast. That, that's so exciting. I'm so honored to be with you. There's just so many things we can talk about. I wanted to start off with how's everything going? What's new? Silver linings from COVID? You start, Suze. Uh, so you know, it's funny. I was just thinking, I probably should um, wait till someone else says something. Otherwise, I'll take over the microphone and it cuts everyone else off. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> thanks so much for having us uh, on here with you well, this evening for us, this morning for you. So I'm doing great. Can't complain. Fabulous, actually. The silver linings from COVID, there's plenty. I think for me personally, built a whole other business, online business, when we have had, you know, the current businesses on the service that I, I, I provide day to day couldn't be opened. Spent more time with my family, more more presence with them. Yeah, a bit more downtime, which has been pretty pretty nice. Although, in saying that, we're back up and happening and all working and then yeah. all of a sudden we've just had in Perth on honestly three-day lockdown and then the rest of this week like Perth's gone crazy again from one oh case so yeah oh my god we're quite lucky in Australia really it hasn't been hit, hit hasn't hit us as bad yeah it seems like when something happens though you get locked down fast I know mm. that happened with the Barracoon sale the, the borders were shut down here that stuff doesn't happen it's just a little bit more of a free-for-all so I, I sort of commend how you control the virus. Are you all getting vaccinated yet? No, no? not a super, not a super big fan of having to be vaccinated, but that's my uh, personal preference. <laughs> I think the vaccinations over here are rolling out for the older generation first, and the the people that are in need of it first before us younger. If you want to travel international, you're going to have to have. Um, mm. vaccines isn't it I think that's looking like the way it's going to be and you just opened up to New Zealand is that correct and then yeah, shut again. New Zealand yeah. bubble <laughs> <laughs> two days later we shut our border again I think back over to there okay Lizzie what are some silver linings from COVID oh well I just had a newborn baby um Ooh. when the first COVID hit last year yeah. so um just after getting her six-week injection and all you want to do is go out and visit everybody um I was home and not being able to see so we call her the COVID baby <laughs> uh, she doesn't like going in the car because she never went in a car when she was tiny um that's Olympia and um but still we're very fortunate that we have property and horses and things to keep us busy we all live on um substantial um land so yeah we're very fortunate that way but second time round, uh, it's pretty easy because you're you're kind of used to it so last year was a bit of a shock and we we're all not sure what to do and I was all nervous because I had a tiny newborn baby I didn't want to take her anywhere and I couldn't 
Um, right. But now it's, it's more of a pain to wear the mask, but it's just these things that you have to do. Well, mm. congratulations. Anyone else have any silver linings? I enjoyed the slower pace, yeah. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the slower pace because um, life is very hectic and we just get faster and faster and faster and faster. So uh, COVID kind of forced you to go back to the raw kind of way of living and I really, really loved it. And yeah. plus because Lizzie said we've got a bit of property to be able to, yeah, throw the children outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryan. So I don't know if you know, but how many children are there between the four of us girls now? We do things in is this oh, right. No, that's a question to Ryan. Come on. Yeah, it is. Oh, it was a question to Ryan, but it was a theoretical. So there are 15 children. Oh. Us, okay. So, and oh. Tracy, like Susan and I have got five and Lizzie has four. How many have you got, Sal? Oh, shit. <laughs> I've got four. Susan's got four. And Maybe Tracy, she's including her husband. I'm not sure. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it feels like that. You're dead right. <laughs> I met him through Polo Cross, which is a blessing, uh, even in Ireland. But, no, Tracy has got five children, right? So oh she was a slower pace because, you know, imagine five kids, school, sport, <laughs> Polo Cross, business, family, you know, and then the rest of us are the same. So, yeah, I think one of the silver linings really was it slowed us well. We couldn't go anywhere, so sports were off, weren't they? So that was a silver lining, definitely. Yeah, we rode the horses every day, all six of us. Mm. Like we don't do that every day normally because we've got other things to be doing after school and sport and all the rest of it. But six of us to go for a family ride out on the property every single day was cool, really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's it can uh, it can expose some relationship issues probably, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but it tests it tests everything. Uh, I have to ask this to Lizzie. Do you feel pressure to have six children? No, definitely not. <laughs> My husband is shaking his head in the background and he just said, F-U-C-K. L-U-K-E <laughs> L- 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 said, F-U-C-K. All right. Yeah, L-U-K-E L- said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Um, I am competitive, but I'm not that competitive. <laughs> no. Brian, let's be honest. Like, we are quite competitive. And, um, but if it were like a competition on how many children you've had and who, who wins, then I wonder. <laughs> that would be you. You can have that one, Trace. But I still only had four pregnancies, Ryan. So realistically, I had uh, the same amount of pregnancies. Oh, smart. The, as the rest of the girls. Yeah, that yeah. Smart. well, that's right. Efficient, yeah. That's my middle name, efficient. <laughs> efficient juggling uh, mum. <laughs> did certain horses get attention that may not have? I mean, is was there a lot of that going on with bringing up the horses during COVID? Yeah, mainly children, I reckon. Okay. Children's confidence in their horses because they're well, mine are quite young, so them going back to ride, like doing a lot more riding and getting their strengths and you know confidence up mm. in doing um, riding every day, like Sue's saying. Yeah, Ryan, I do think that we spent loads more time on the young horses and things during COVID, if that's what you're meaning as well, yeah. um, yep. which was excellent. But we couldn't actually go and do a lot of playing. So we'd be practising, you know, amongst ourselves as opposed to going that's to the quite competitive. Before. That's quite competitive in the Thomas household anyway. <laughs> hey, hang on. I just want to do a quick blast from the past. Let's talk about competitive. Let's talk about when we were, how old were we? 
I think I was 15, Suze was, no, 16, Suze was 12, Tracy was 10, Lizzie was 8, and Suzette just got a new set of shiny braces on. Mum's going to braces. We're down the bottom of the paddock in Spring Farm and competitive Tracy had a good flat swing at her sister Suzette. I think I was actually laughing at her because I had the ball. Yes, and <laughs> clean took out the front tooth. Mum was furious. Oh, my god! Clean <laughs> took out her front tooth, like just snapped it off. Yep, she's Mum plastic. Was, yep, and now it's plastic. So, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a little competitive story I just thought I'd put in there for a laugh. You know, it's funny you should say that, Sal, because I wrote some notes down about what we were going to sort of chat about with Ryan tonight, and one of those stories was um, exactly that. Loss of your tooth. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of mine as well. <laughs> was it? Maybe that's the highlight of our paddock practices when we were younger, Ryan. I think it's good to talk through these things. It's a sort of therapy. <laughs> uh, oh, it's okay. There's no, like, that's what under the bridge now. There's is no there? Now. Is there? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who, who wears face masks? After that, it's uh, oh, we all, all of us. face guards. Oh, all of you wear face That's guards. Right. Okay. Yeah. 15 children between all of you. You have a, a broader family. So how many are at a typical holiday family event? 15. Plus all the adults. We just did a tour yeah. to South. How eight many kids eight are plus that? 15 is 23. How's my maths? <laughs> Because we okay. don't have any parents, Ryan. Oh, uh, okay. But we have uh, all have husbands and then the 15 kids between us. Yeah, it's always a very, very – actually, what about Easter? Just gone. It was it was epic. It always is. <laughs> nice. Well, the Christmases are everybody rocks up to whichever sister's Christmas is being hosted in horse trucks. Horse trucks, really. Generally mm-hmm. in horse trucks, we all rock in for oh, about man. a full-week affair and it's laid on. It is really good fun. <laughs> Where is everyone located? Are all of you in the same spot or is Lizzie in a different spot? I'm... Why do you think Lizzie's in a Suze. different spot? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you assume Liz is the one that's the old one? Are you uh... asking who the black, Ryan, are you asking who the black sheep is? <laughs> no, she just can't get a word in edgeways. She just can't get a word in edgeways. But hang on, I'll tell you. So Elizabeth's five minutes up the road. <laughs> Tracy, look, I can see you in the background. Elizabeth's five minutes up the road. Tracy is five minutes down the road. And Suzette's an hour up north. Okay. okay. I'm the smart one, Ryan. Yep. <laughs> what do you think, Liz? Uh, Liz, back yeah, to you. Definitely. Highly intelligent, Suzette. <laughs> Sometimes we all wish we were an hour away. <laughs> you don't mean that, Elizabeth. No, I don't. I don't mean that at all. Um, do any of you have front gates that you wish you could just lock? Or Sally does yep. often. Sal does, yeah. Especially when COVID hits, you can't call in. No, but they jump the fence. <laughs> Let's talk about the early years in polo cross horses, how you guys got started, who was teaching you to ride, things like that. Um, okay, so one of the biggest influences was our mum, wasn't she? But she yeah, didn't touch horses. Mm. But, but she didn't know one end of a horse from the other. Mum had nothing to do with horses at all. She used to just drive the truck and write the checks. Mm, work overtime. 
But she came from a lot a big family of elite athletes. I don't know if many people know this, but mum's sister was a Wimbledon. She played Wimbledon in 1977, 78, and I think 79. I don't correct Yeah, she did it a couple of times. Hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. She played Wimbledon tennis on the tours there before it became as prestigious. Yeah, well, financial as it is now. They get paid to play. Back then they didn't. And mum played elite sports in basketball, hockey, tennis, Africa or for Zimbabwe. Were you born on a property or were you, did you come, were you the first generation of? Liz, you're on it. Yep. So I live um, on our family-owned farm. It's been in our family, list of family, which is um, our father's family for five generations. Oh, man. So my grandfather was actually born in this house that I'm sitting in right now. Um, And we were all fortunate enough to grow up here uh, with horses. And Sally was pretty much the guinea pig because she was the eldest. She went to what dressage and pony club to learn to ride, didn't you, Sal, down the road? Everything. (laughs) It's everything. Boring ballroom dancing, tennis lessons, um, everything. You guys, hold, you guys, is there issues here? I feel it. Like... The other girls said they could have done better. <laughs> Those things, maybe. No, but Sally was the guinea pig and then from there mum bought her horse and then um, after that then we, she pretty much taught us how to ride. So it kind of went down, like Sal taught Sue's and Sue's taught Trace and I and Sal taught us as well. Not all of us were as keen on horses as others. Um, When we were younger, Trace and I had ponies and we used to swap about and um, I used to want to ride every day with Sally and Sue's, whereas Tracy was like not as keen, but then she was still keen later. So we, we grew up on property and had horses our entire life. So I think even my daughter now is three and sitting on the back of horse and riding. And I was like, oh my goodness, that was me jumping on my sister's ponies, not really riding, but trying to ride. Yeah. So our entire life. If we rewind a bit further back, um, like our granddad and our uncle both used to play in the back paddock in um, a property down Boddington about an hour away from where Liz is located, where we grew up. And we used to, like, it was so yee-haw, it's not funny, out the back and, like, be on ponies and it would take, like, you know, 20 minutes to turn back round because the ponies don't turn <laughs> back to the ball to have another crack at picking the ball up because you just missed it the last time. Plus you're against your cousins that have got their elbows out and all the adults would just spend the whole time laughing their heads off because these kids were so determined to get this ball that they actually had didn't have very good horse flesh or ponies underneath them to get them back. And I think, you know, that was a bit of a highlight as kids to um, – and that's sort of the start of where we started playing polacross, I guess. But bless mum, she couldn't ride like Sal and Liz both said just now. She couldn't ride at all and or play the sport. So it was purely off our dad's family and their, you know, country lifestyle and farms that influenced us riding and then and then playing i grew up in pony club and so you and you were all doing pony club right is that correct oh, oh sally, sally. Only, only sally oh okay okay well what, I, what i'm saying is only, um, the, only the guinea pigs <laughs> well over here in the states pony club might be a little different any uh the parents aren't allowed to do anything there are a lot of kids in pony club that just don't have confidence on horses they they do a lot of english riding they might do some you know dressage but they they're afraid of their horses and so it seems like you had the upbringing where 
you were sort of out there in the bush riding mm. what, you, what you could and hanging on and just having that confidence like right off the bat. That's... Not all of us were confident though, Ryan. Okay. I have skinned myself from head to toe from those lovely animals falling oh, yeah. off that much. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. But as you, I suppose as you grow older and um, I suppose learn them a bit better, and have more exposure to it and have really nice sisters that like to help you out. <laughs> you get that confidence as a yeah. kid. We come from a long line of horsemen though in the um in the list of family. I think that it's worth noting because like horses have been in our blood for like Liz said, mm. there's five generations of us been in here. Our grandfather used to catch horses, wild brumbies here in Jaredale, just in the bush around where Lizzie lives. And he used to break them in at 14 and 15 years of age and sell them for pocket money. His father was in the tenth light horse, so he went mm. to Italy. Yeah. And there's we just had Anzac Day on Sunday. There's a picture of him up on the piano. Yeah. Oh, so I think horses have been in the list of family for, you know, I don't even know even before that, but they've been really such a. We've got had horses in our blood from day one. However, mum is what combined our horses with our sporting ability and the mental. Strength and resilience to reach the levels that all four of us have in our chosen sport. Was, was there pressure to play tennis? Obviously, with that in the bloodline. <laughs> yes, it was actually. Mm-hmm. The guinea pig here got the pressure to play tennis. Keep <laughs> <laughs> pushing that just, button right. <laughs> we just hit the ball way too hard and far. It just go over the back fence all the time. So I think she. <laughs> Mum worked out pretty quickly that our passion for horses and the energy and effort that takes to play that sport was probably more of our avenue. Yeah. Plus, because there was only one of her, so Mum was a widow, and the guinea pig would have to go and do all the sports, obviously, and then she would put she, – she's only one of her, so she had to put her time and effort into the whatever particular sport it was. Yeah. And the eldest two loved polo cross and Lizzie loved horses. And so I just kind of tagged along, I suppose, and then obviously – Loved it too. Who were some of your biggest influences in, in the growth in polo cross? So where did you get introduced to polo cross and, you know, what, what was the club and, and all that? Well, our club, our club from when we first started is Foothills, which I am still a member. Sally and Lizzie actually are all members of the Foothills Polo Cross Club. Um, but Sally, I think this one's for you to answer because you were, I suppose, the first one in the door of polo cross and how we started. How did you, how did you start? Dad played, didn't he? And Uncle yeah. Jeff and Grandad, and they were as rough as guts. <laughs> really were. No helmets. No helmets. Thongs half the time. And no, if like, you're playing against Grandad and leant down to pick the ball up, he would put his elbow in your back so you couldn't get <laughs> back up with the ball. <laughs> so you'd drop it so he could pick it up. Yes. And his horse used to bite you. His horse used to bite you. Remember? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to, to rise into the elite level, I don't know, girls. Who are your idols to get cracking? And Mum always taught us to be the best at whatever we were. So who what who were your idols growing like when you realised that you could be you know? I used player. to always admire um, Ava Swatton. She was a New South Wales player that um, came across and then played in um, WA. She now resides in Ireland and runs a pretty good gig over there, I think, in the polo cross industry. But she was one of the best number three women. Her and my other one would have been Suzanne Sargent, the Zimbabwean. She by far was the best back in her time and day. She was unbelievable. Didn't matter what horse she was on, she would be the most dominant women's player out there. 
Um, mm. They were my two probably that I loved watching and was at that age that was looking to see who I would like to be playing like and as good as. So what, what did you see in them? Was it, it was the toughness? Uh, Avis just, she just re- resembles grit. That's for sure. Yeah, Avis does resemble grit, um, but she's also got the nous. I think Suzanne's more of a strategic player. She seems to, she doesn't have, she's not a big lady. She seems to position that ball and has it in her advantage in her court all the time. Doesn't matter where it is in that lineup. She seems to, I remember watching her one time, she came across and played against our West Australian uh, women or mixed team, I can't remember exactly. I remember just thinking, wow, on other people's horses, she could dictate where that ball was every time. And they call her the ice maiden because she shows nothing. <laughs> yeah, then we, um, then we have Megan Swift over here, Megan Wagner then at the World Cup, and she's the smiling assassin. She gives it all away. Or that, that could look a little psychotic at the same time, right, if you're smiling the whole time. Most definitely. I think, I think Elizabeth Reed is. Elizabeth smile. smiles. <laughs> you, gotta smile. you just said most definitely, Liz. Yeah, most definitely. You've got to smile the entire time. Bottle. Bottle. <laughs> Not only does it release endorphins, but it also is intimidating. Yeah. Don't mess with crazy. Yeah, don't mess with crazy. Uh, when so, I was growing up, my um, idols were... Um, Kylie Dowling, um, Kylie Jamison at the time when I was little, and um, Katie Grimmond at one stage as well. So two number ones, uh, small and skinny and quick and um, clever. So, yeah, that was the two for me when I was when I was younger. Mm. So were, were they all New South Wales players, it sounds like, other than... Yeah, Katie, yes, and Kylie, no, Kylie's West Australian. Oh, okay. Okay. So you had a, a couple of a couple of idols in WA, but the rest were in, in New South Wales. Were you traveling there often? Yes, Getting- we were. Yep. We um every two years we were attending nationals from who what was Werribee? Was Werribee? 98. Sally's was walk away. That was your first nationals, was wasn't walk it? Away. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then from there. Hang on, so hang from, on. That's actually showing our age. Let's jump the numbers up a bit. We'll cut that out, yeah. We'll uh, cut that. Can you? Yeah, cut that part out. <laughs> from those years, from there, we were, we've attended every single Nationals um, consecutively, haven't we, um, every two years. Sally had a bit of a, a gap there. Sue's, I don't think you've missed one, have you? No, the COVID's um, the first time I've ever not gone to a Nationals since 96. There you go. Um, Tracy has always attended, not necessarily played, uh, always come to watch if she had tiny babies and Sal's the same. So we've always supported one another, even if we weren't there. Oh, that's awesome. Even if we weren't able to play, sorry, we always um, still came. That's probably one of the highlights for me was Darwin Nationals. Not the first one when we all played, but the second one, um, because that was the last Nationals that mum managed to get to. Um, and Sal and Trace um, came and watched as well and brought mum up and looked after her with um, one of mum's really good friends. Um, what year was that? Was it 2002? No, not 2002. That was the first Darwin. Oh, Nationals. that was the first one. Okay. 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, I'm going off track. Who else has got items? No, no, no. That was 2014. 2014. Uh, 2014. Yep. Mm. Uh, yep. There you go. Yeah, that Darwin Nationals was amazing, that 2014. 
let's go back to uh, when you're starting to get into polo cross and, and you're, you know, I'm, I'd like to sort of find out about the horses that you were riding. Were you having to make your own horses back then? Obviously, some people might grow up on property and you might have some made horses. You might get some hand-me-down horses. But what, what did you end up with when you were playing in the beginning? So mum didn't know one end of a horse from the other and dad wasn't, wasn't alive then when we started playing polacross. So she bought me, the first horse that she bought, was her name was Magic, right? And she was an Anglo-Arab of all things, right? So don't go and buy an Anglo-Arab. They're not the choice. <laughs> but she was a, we thought she was the best thing ever. Did I play the first nationals on her? I did, yeah. Yeah, you did. You played the I did. We all thought. So I went out and bought another. Mum bought it. I didn't. I just, mum wrote the checks, as I said. And we had another Anglo-Arab and it was a piece of rubbish. So we realised that actually Anglo-Arabs are not the breed of horses. (laughs) We have no idea, yeah? Not the breed of horses for, you know, high-level polo cross. And some people of influence within our state could see the potential in us girls. And they could also see that mum was backing us all the way in that she was supporting and backing us, taking us to the tournaments and bought a horse truck and got her truck licence to drive us. And and so they introduced us to some Australian stock horses. And um, mum went and wrote some checks and bought Sue's a horse called Stock Squad and me a horse called Rachel and Lizzie a horse called, well, Lizzie ended up with Stock Squad after a while, didn't she? And um, yeah. and Tracy, who was actually a thoroughbred, called Rocket. So all of them, well, I was thinking April, but that was really came through. So, so these Australian stock horses were the beginnings of our horses and we would buy them. We couldn't really afford to buy them made, so we weren't paying, you know, over ten thousand dollars for a horse when we were growing up she would she would buy them sort of younger and with potential and we made them ourselves and on that on that note one of them in particular the first one that i got bought um sally and tracy's kids still ride him now pretty cool oh my gosh and he's won more pony prizes than any other horse in the history of ever in wa i reckon he's won that many pony prizes Oh, I was just going to say, um, also in that period um, when we were growing up, uh, we were also, uh, well, especially me, we were, I was kindly lent horses from Christy Crook, gave me one of her best old horses, um, Chaos, and he was like a superstar and I used to um, win all the pony prizes on him. And um, Bruce and um, Robin Smith also lent me Alice for a season, which is another top um, mare. So there was a lot of people in that were giving and um, could see our potential and helped us as well. So, um, yeah. So um, on that, I uh, think I played the first eight nationals on somebody else's horses. I didn't actually ride my own. So you made friendships on the other side and just sort of. I don't know. Must have or mum just influenced or people saw that I was able to play. I'm not 100% sure. And so. Yeah, I got lent horses. I was just, which is she pretty fortunate. She was going to be a, an international player and that she needed to have a lot of variety of horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably right. actually, so when she goes to World Cup, that. she just smashes it on anybody's horse. doesn't matter what she doesn't matter if it's her own horse or not in the same pool, in the same team. That's awesome. Matter. 
Yeah. Let's introduce men into this into this conversation. Oh, um, do we men? What? Oh, men. Okay, so so they so you know you're all young uh, polo cross players at this point, and must be pretty intimidating for some young boys. Was there any ever a time when one of these boys you either made them cry, or I don't know, it just seems like it would be intimidating to. I think Suzette can answer this one. <laughs> Ryan, 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 you have seriously hit the money. You've seriously hit the money. Uh, uh, I think they've made many men cry. Or broken oh. their noses. Probably broken their noses. Or broken their noses. <laughs> well, it goes goes hand in hand with pole cross. They get, you know, they get emotionally and physically. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I would have a fair few stories there, but I'm not sure I'm going to share. Okay. Definitely. I, I'm pretty sure Suzette quoted one time when she was playing against somebody to pull their skirt down. She could see their knickers. <laughs> it was so advantageous. We won that state champs, Ryan, because he lost his shit. Awesome. Coming from a female player, that's, that's not, cruel. You know, it is a little bit, but it worked. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, macho men. I don't think out. he plays anymore, just saying. <laughs> uh, but Ryan, funny. as regards to broken hearts, there is an array of broken hearts behind these four girls. But I tell you what, all four of us are so blessed to have married the wonderful men that we've married. We really yeah. are. We have chosen really amazing life partners. Well, yeah, we've chosen really well. Well, can you? Make the difference. Is there a theme between the four men? <laughs> I don't no, know. Maybe not at all. Oh, oh well, actually, this leads right into this one then. Mum okay. said when they all asked, all of the men asked mum for our hand in marriage because dad wasn't around. Mum did say this. What did she say, girls? You marry one, you marry one, you marry four. four. Oh, okay. And how true is that? Yep, the poor buggers to keep up with us all. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder how they cope. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Continuing on with, with men. <laughs> Uh, what James... stories are you trying to get to here, right? <laughs> no, no, th th this is more generalities. Uh, we won't, oh. we won't abuse or break anyone, uh, break anyone's spirits. Jane always talks about the influence of playing against men. Uh, but you're forced to maybe you know didn't have the numbers in WA, and that's how we are in the states uh, in in other countries. How was that an influence on you? And and I feel like this might segue into the reason WA started winning nationals and started dominating in the, in the country is because of this, but am I missing something or are you just tougher than women in other places? No, I, I agree with what Jane's comments were. I think that's um, definitely true. Uh, you could see there was, oh, I don't know exactly how many nationals, but the women were dominating not only in our open women's, but our intermediate women's as well. If you, watch polacross now across the state especially in australia everybody's doing the same thing it's not as much mixed competition a lot more women are playing in the open competition against men so i think it's um definitely something that's traveling around and even in um well i'm not too sure about where where you are if it's happening there but it's had a huge impact on on our women think of uh, women players as being better riders and smart with with their horses and so I, I imagine you're not going to take as much wood right you're going to avoid that kind of big swing but uh, what else what other advantages do you have by playing against the men 
but women aren't physically faster. Yeah. But women aren't physically stronger than men. It's a fact. We don't have as much testosterone in our body or muscle mass. So we have to learn to be smarter and not so physical, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so faster, you've got to obviously, if you're playing against men, your racket skills have to be absolutely phenomenal because they are naturally. Men, men have naturally amazing racket skills. I reckon, yeah, placement and, um, and being a lot smarter and using your horse to its advantage as well. Yeah, and then how helps. nice is the feeling? How nice is the feeling, Trace, after you've played against men and you go back and play against women? It's like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. This is easy. Yep. And then, yep. It was funny. Robbie Shuttles here, he played his first tournament was finally, they won the A grade this past weekend and it was all men for Lone Star. That was the first time. It was always him and five women. That's, that was just the Lone Star team forever. And so it was kind of interesting how, you know, finally it was actually an all-men's team, but uh, the women were, do- you know, they have dominated Lone Star for so long. They always showed up on on the best horses and very professional and they could, you know, they could just beat you by being smarter. So That's cool. We won't talk about specific men, but let, let's, uh, let's switch over to uh, favorite Horses and bloodline, you know, so it's not, it's not as if you grew up on a stud farm or anything like that. And so when did you start, did you start picking a bloodline or starting a bloodline of your own or, or not? The Australian stock horse is, um, is our favorite bloodline. We, since I've um, met my husband, I have probably changed my opinion. Whereas I like the thoroughbreds as well as the Australian stock horse, um, the speed, the top end speed in the thoroughbred uh, where they're putting probably too much quarter horse into the stock horses now and they're getting too slow. It's definitely helping. Different style again. I think it's yeah, three different style again, but three quarters thoroughbred and a quarter stock horse. So if, if you put too much heaviness into the stock horse, then you're not, you can spin, but you're not going to go anywhere and you want speed, top end speed. So um, yeah, we try and breed a lot of thoroughbred overstock horses, but definitely keeping um, that high end speed in the mix. And is polo an influence on that? Because Huge. I know, Luke, yeah. yeah, well yeah, played. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's a whole nother level of speed that you don't that gear that you don't get to in polo cross because you don't have a big enough field. But when you can combine the the two and find um, horses that can play both and are agile enough to play polo cross and polo, it's unbelievable. And we're on that on that um, breeding regime at the moment and pretty happy with what we've got going here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thoroughbred and stock horse. Awesome. Does anyone else have any, I don't know, favourite bloodlines in WA or are you breeding? I don't really play a lot in the breeding game. Mm. Ryan, my mother-in-law does. And that and that their um, <clears throat> family, but um, I just if a horse is going to be good, doesn't matter what shape, size, or breed it is, as long as it does the job and does it well. I do think though thoroughbred stock horse is the the good mix, but I have probably had more thoroughbreds than I have had stock horses over the time. That sounds like it'd be fairly unique to have mostly thoroughbreds. Well, you know, they say that, but a lot of them like haven't. They probably could have been registered stock horses, but mm. I, you know, they haven't haven't necessarily. Um, and registered them all yeah okay okay makes sense let's talk about when wa did start dominating 
the uh, the nationals. What year was that? When did you win your first one? Two thousand two. Yeah. Two thousand two. In the women in the women's open. In the women's open. So you were all together. Point, oh no. Oh no. Sorry. Okay. You won the you won the intermediate women's at two thousand and two. Two didn't you, Trust? Yes. Yes. Okay. We did. Yes, she did. Sorry. Yeah. So tell me about that experience of winning the first one. Were you, the, were you even considered the underdog at that point? So up until that point, WA had always made the final, or often made the final, but had never, ever won it. We'd never won a women's, Western Australia had never won a women's nationals. Mm. And so they mixed it up and they put some of us young girls in because we I was only a kid and, oh, was I? 22. Yeah. And they put some of us youngers in there and we just galloped really fast like Liz was saying, top speed, and we had the ball skills to run it, and we just shot loads of goals, and we shot more than the other team, so we won. And then... Hold on Taking notes, taking notes. That is the idea, isn't it? Just we on, girls. <laughs> from then on, we... Won most of them after that. So, Sue, you were in the next women's team, were you? After 2002, 2004, were you in the next one? No, we were, I went back and played intermediates with Trace and Liz. We won that intermediate women's at yep. 7 a.m. final in the freezing cold Albury. mist. And, yeah, yeah, that was a very good experience. That was great fun. We had horse slipping over all the time. Yeah, mm. that was mine. Hmm. Liz was fresh out of juniors. Trace, well, she just had the guts and determination, but everyone stepped up. Our whole team, it was, it was pretty epic winning that one together, the three of us. Awesome. The three little girls that was, yeah. And Lizzie was still a junior, weren't you, Liz? No. I think she's a junior. Or just out of juniors. She was half the size of all of us. She was teeny tiny and she won best horse and rider combination. <laughs> and she had a smile on her face the whole time. Hard to believe half the size, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie so, smoked it. So what was the final score? Does anyone actually remember that final score? What did you oh, win Ryan, by a lot? Come on. Did you win by a lot? I can't, I can't even remember what we had for breakfast this morning, let alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was remembering I had five kids and I've got four. Like, what the <laughs> well, what, did you win? Did you win by a lot or did you win by a little? No, I'm sure it was a lot. I'm okay. sure it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I think it was a lot. Yeah. Okay. I think it was. All right, that's okay. You can you can boast a little bit. It was a lot. Can you pinpoint what you start trying to dominate at that point? I mean, was there a, a style? That was, I, that was intermediate. Sorry, that yeah. was intermediate. So, are you talking about open women? Because either one. Because I'm trying to think what what girls or us as a state. What's the question? Us as Lister girls or us as a state? As a state, yeah, as a state. Because 2008 was the next time we won Perth Nationals, the women's. And then I think we won a few after that consecutive. I probably should have written this down before we started chatting. I think, what was 2010, girls? Do you remember? Camden. Camden. No, that was 06 was Camden. Oh. You won. Oh, that was Ballarat. That's Ballarat. Oh, it was Ballarat. Ballarat. That's right, Liz, we played that one. You won Ballarat. Oh, that was a good one. You won Ballarat. Liz won Yes. <laughs> Just the best player. I forgot about that one. That was a great Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that yeah, one. Yeah, why? Do you want a saddle? Uh. <laughs> yeah. What was 12 then? After Camden, we went to Warwick. 
Yeah, Warwick. Ballarat, Warwick. Yeah. Okay. And then you lost that. You played the win. mix. You, you lost won that. that one. Who lost? The so open. You you won it. Open mixed. You you lo- you won, and I lost the, the women's. That's right. I went from women's to back to mixed. Yeah. Okay. What was fourteen? Darwin. Darwin the second time. Yeah. Yep. And then sixteen was Albury. Albury, and then Perth. And we played mixed, and then Perth was eighteen. Sal okay. and I played mixed in Albury. All right, so we went. So at Camden, they lost the final. Perth, we won 08. Ballarat, we won twenty ten. Warwick, we lost twenty twelve. Darwin, we won fourteen. Albury, we lost sixteen. Perth, we didn't even make the final. So we haven't consistently stayed at the top the whole time, Ryan. But um, I'm talking about just the open, open women's. Not a bad. Not a bad running rate after the O2 women's in Darwin. It seems like fast forward to now that you know Queensland finally won won something. Yeah. And there's a lot more uh, in sport sport yeah. over here. We call it parity in sport over here where teams are more level uh, rather than having three top teams yeah. and then the rest. So do you find that that's happening now and that it's almost anyone's crapshoot at this point? It is right now, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty Good amazing on the day. Yeah. It was pretty amazing when those Queensland girls won at Perth because I don't know if Queensland have ever won an Open before. No, I don't think they have. have. Which was pretty amazing because they had a fresh, new, young team and they were pretty slick. Some more specific pull across questions. Uh, What are are things that uh, you see when when others are playing that are sort of like a pet peeve? This uh, just th- things that bother you, things that people do regularly that put them at a disadvantage. This is kind of an open-ended question. So keep turning back away from the goals. You know, when people always turn back, turn back, turn back. Is yeah. that the kind of question you're asking? Yeah, cool. Yeah. So you know, when people always turn away from goals, always turn left is one of the things. All right, doesn't matter. So one of the pet hates for me is don't don't keep turning back. Keep your eyes forward. Just rate and change direction. I don't know if somebody else can anybody agree with that. That's one of my pet hates. When people always take the big turn or the big arc, or they all they instead of just rating and then spotting a spot and keep on going, whether they're delivering the ball or whether they're you know the one going down for the goal. Right. So speed up. Get get them running with you. Check. You should have complete control over that. You should never have to spin back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you can spin back, but just don't make it your first option all the time. Right. That's yeah. a tactical one. Is that? Yeah. I think the question. If that was the answer. Anyone else have some things that bother them? <laughs> uh, mine is uh, constantly turning. Well, in centre field, constantly turning into traffic. So um, not giving your horse a break. You know, like you turn back into back into traffic, back into traffic instead of away, and giving yourself space. Um, not only does it uh, affect you, but it also affects your horse and it gets bottled up. Um, so when you get the ball, create space. It's probably the first thing that should go in your, in your mind. Um, turn away from someone and get some space, you know, turn out of traffic. Turning back into traffic constantly it only jars your horse up, even for like really younger kids. So even if that means going the op- going away from the goal just to get set up and start have everyone block. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. To give yourself space, it also opens your horse up, um, gives them like, you know, somewhere to run, somewhere to move. It also gives them a win, doesn't it? So if they're going yeah. out to space, they're not going to um, they're not going to get bottled back up and then feel like they're being defeated again and again and again. That's right. 
Okay. That's one for me. And also jamming on these big brakes, like your horse really should only rate. Like you want to slow it down, you want to go fast again. If you're banging in these big anchors, like trying to do these sliding stops, you're never going to get going again. So one for me is like just rate your horse down and then go fast again. So it's so much better on your horse and you'll have your horse for the whole tournament. Okay, that's a really good one. Yeah. Which is a bit the same with turning, Liz. If you overturn them too, you have, won't have them for the whole tournament. Totally, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> well, that's what Sally was trying to say. Well, ex- well explained, <laughs> Sally. Well done. <laughs> My pet, hey. Hello, I'm Tracy and I'm the pet. My oh, pet. Hey, uh. <laughs> Tracy's five kids. Tracy, okay. Sorry. I'll just yell a bit louder so everyone can hear. My pet hate is crossing too close behind another horse. So you know how people check back and rate across and the other way off onto the other side of the horses and doing that too closely and taking out the back ends of horse welfare, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Are, are umpires calling it enough? Big umpire, I suppose. Yeah. Depends if they're going for your team or not. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if they've got to play you Quite later. often they're not going for my team. <laughs> Lizzie never gets pinned because she's got that big smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, uh, who's most likely to uh, back chat an umpire of the four of you? Sally or Tracy? Uh, no, not me. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I don't reckon any of us would, to be honest. Oh, that's great. No. I, I honestly think mum's instilled that in us pretty deep. So except, you know, if you've messed up, accept it and move on yeah. fast. Don't care around baggage. Play to your umpire. That is what you do. Rob Shuttles, our, our, he's our World Cup coach now. We had a development uh, training camp on Monday and we were playing ultimate pole across on foot. Uh, anytime someone messed up, they had to carry around a bag. And, and he, he created that analogy of carrying around baggage so it was pretty cool oh, that's a good one mm. yeah. yeah so if you want to have fun with people <laughs> yeah put a bunch of it on their back what's your um so mm. i'm not 100 sure i haven't really thought of it i hate that you know. too oh yeah have- i'm not actually do you know what you nailed it i actually can't stand it when bad sportsmanship whether that's to your own players or to the umpires you play play to the whistle, play to the game and take it on board. Like everyone makes mistakes. No one's going to get it perfect. And if you stuff up, just take it on board and learn from it rather than either lose your handle at your own players or at the umpires. Yeah, I see, I've seen so many people just lose the plot and they're out of that whole chucka just from one little thing. Yeah, and aren't we supposed to play for fun? Yeah. Right. You only ever play your best games when you're having fun. Right. It's so good coming up against those players, isn't it? Because you're like, you beauty, I just need to hit him in the head and I've got him for this game. (laughs) (laughs) Happens all the time. It's pretty easy out, really, isn't it? It's really an advantage game. (laughs) One free goal against him and then you're fine. He's blown out of the water. (laughs) Just um, score another nine. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's good. You're getting all our tactics out of us, Ryan. Well, <laughs> a few people listen to this podcast, two or, two or three people. So they'll. they'll <laughs> 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 all right. For these two or three people that listen to the podcast, <laughs> next World Cup, we will meet you at the bar. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
<laughs> I hope they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in Africa, it will be that green drink, won't it, Race? What's no, that I green had gin drink? and tonic on tap. Gin and tonic on tap. On tap. Like, who does that? Yeah. Isn't no, that it how- cane and cane cream and soda or something at the last. Um, I wonder if they'll even do the next World oh, Cup. Yeah, with COVID. If we've all got vaccinated. The next level has had an amazing effect on like creating a huge sort of international following of polo cross so before the world cup you none of you guys are old enough to even remember what it was like before the world cups just me you know like there was no there wasn't a lot of international it was really small now these world cups are creating like it's pretty epic it's amazing it's so good for our sport really right. is. And are you guys gonna hold one a world cup we're gonna start with a high goal next spring we're gonna host a high goal and we're gonna when bring spring in, over there oh, i'm sorry uh may mid-may Basically, what we're doing is we're going to have four mixed teams, just like a World Cup format, and we're going to bring in eight international players, so four men, four women. Every player that every American player, uh, eight-person teams, and so three men, three women from from America for each team. So that'll be twelve horses in the pool for eight players. We're just going to, you know, we're going to do our best to make it similar to the Durban High Goal with the big, big. Wednesday night ball and just do it up. Oh, like the South African one or the Zimbabwe one used to be. Yep. Um, So that's, that's, that's where we can start. We don't have enough horse flesh to necessarily come up with 140 horses right now, but we're going to start with something like that just to raise our level. Sounds amazing. Fabulous. Yeah. It's very exciting. Let's go on play girls in the high goal. You have to be asked. Belly. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, Ryan, good plug. Yeah. Yeah, just nominate. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, can you ask us to play in the high goal? <laughs> it would oh, be I'm very a... competitive if we're in different teams. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we, we, have got. we would love we have, to. Ha- we would love to have you. We have got Ryan a tournament started here uh, five years ago called the Barbara Lister Cup. So that's our late mother. It's called the Barbara Lister Cup and it runs here every October or November. It's October now. And it has been a mixed competition uh, where money's been put up. Like there's been um, $3,000 put up for grabs. And for the last two years, uh, we have split the four Lister girls up and we, each of us girls have had to create our own teams. Uh, in before that, uh, we had international and interstate people come over for oh um, the capped tournament. But just the last two years, we've had to split up the list of girls and it's been hilarious, hasn't it, girls? <laughs> very, very competitive. Yeah. yeah it has really been hilarious. And the reason she's mentioning it is because she's won more than the rest of us. By far. I, know. I wonder why she's brought oh, this up. I? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I won more. Oh, gosh. So she... <laughs> Is it being is it being rigged or I mean what's going on? Of course, totally rigged. Of course. No, totally rigged. Totally rigged. <laughs> totally. They cap the points to suit Sal's points. <laughs> yep. Who's that? Well, that, that's, that's a horrible. scandal. That that's is a horrible. total scandal. Oh, totally uh, uh. true, Ryan. Nah. Because I haven't won yet, and it just clearly shows that I'm so overpointed. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, it was hard. It was hard to get points back when Sally started. So I mean, her points yeah. are more value, value. Yeah, that's what's going on. Are you calling me old? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> you're lucky you're in a different country, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was lucky to go there in 2010 and uh, and play pole cross in WA. It was a phenomenal experience. I I played for. Grannis. Uh, Muni first weekend. Oh, at, okay. uh, maybe I, I think that was a walk away. And then I went to the Greniff tournament and played for Greniff. Yeah. So you're yeah. at the windy place of Western Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Up north. Yeah. Yeah. That's way better where we live, Ryan. What's it like there? <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just a little bit further south and a little bit greener. That's all. Oh, okay. A little that bit more rainfall near Perth. We oh, live near Perth. Nice, nice. Mm. wineries and everything. I've, yeah, I've been there. It's great. Hey, Ryan, sorry. I just did yep. cut you off. I need to plug Suzette's um, online program that she's created because it's something next level. So during COVID, Sue started and she said she, um, during COVID, all of our businesses were shut at the beginning like everybody else in the world. And she used that time to put all of her knowledge in elite sports into an online program to help women in particular reach their next level in any sport that they choose. So it's called Do Your Best Way. And it is like, I'm sure that you'll be able to pop some links in wherever you are, but Suzette's knowledge, she's played at the top for so long. Like Liz and Trace and I have gone in and out and in and out. We haven't actually been at that top level for as long and held it for as long as Suzette has. So she has put an enormous amount of her knowledge into these online programs and they are having huge results. So I just needed to plug it because I know she won't and nothing like a bit of free publicity. And it's catered for all types of sports and all levels in sports. So Mm -hmm. it's not just for the top people of the best of the best, it's for any level you're at in your sporting and if you want to improve yourself. Can you so give us www.doyourbestway.com? The, the do that, your best way. The do com. your best way. So Dot give com. us give us a little taste. I'll I'll put it in the link for the podcast, but give us a little taste of, of that. The program? Yeah, maybe a little free thing. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, there is my biggest my biggest area, I guess, that uh, I think is holds a lot of women back in sport is their mindset. And I feel as though um, that is their biggest asset that they need to work on. And so what I decided to do was build like a six-week program where they work on themselves, um, you know, where they're achieving, wanting to achieve, what goal setting, what kind of things that hold them back, um, what sort of hot zones keeps them from getting to the end results. And then I also um, go into different modules where we work on, you know, their mind, their body, um, what it is that that they're wanting to be, build more resilience and have more um, confidence in their and their self worth because quite often what happens is with women especially um, in male dominant sports is we end up um, feeling like we're the inferior and it's only natural progression that we feel like this but we find excuses we give ourselves reasons to not achieve the big results that we're wanting to and I think. Um, a, a lot of women don't come out of their shell and, and achieve as great results as they possibly can, A, because they're female and B, because they just haven't been given the tools to be able to do that. 
So, you know, techniques that I've been taught and um, learned along the way doing many, many sessions with sports psychologists and, you know, the Australian Institute of Sport and stuff, things like visualisation and techniques to not be offended or affected by outside influences, keeping your head and mind really clear. Like there's a lot of stuff that I've built into this and, oh, my gosh, yeah, like Sal said, the results for some of the women that I've got that have run through these programs, like, it's just the start. It's just the beginning. I've actually got a workshop to host um, in a couple of months' time where, um, you know, a heap of women are wanting to get together and learn as much as they can from it and then go on and do the six-week course at the end of the workshop. So things are, are looking pretty good with it. But, um, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I was just a pa- it's a passion of mine. I, you know, helping other women is giving me more satisfaction than anything, um, any of the results I've actually achieved thus far. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased and pretty excited about it. It's just a matter of um, getting it out there and letting women know it's available, I guess. That's awesome. That's going to be so valuable to so many women. Having that Institute of Sport, I'm sure, helps. Uh, I'm sure. With, with, is that from all the Aussie teams you've been on that you've been involved with yeah. that? Okay. okay. And Lizzie yeah, probably uh, had yeah. some of that too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, every time. Um, well, the World Cup uh, team goes to the Australian Institute of Sport. Um, where we meet with, we stay there for a weekend, meet with um, psychologists and, yeah, all the um, high-end athletes and learn and bond as a team while we're there. Mm -hmm. Um, We also do a lot of training like that at state level before preparing for a nationals. So um, we've had a lot of exposure to a lot of different uh, sport professionals. Yeah, yeah, which is great. It helps us. Oh, you always pick, even if you just take one little thing home um, from from that um, session, then it's only going to better you and help you in the future. I think the idea was um, to create it so that you don't have to be the high-level athlete to get, um, you know, come across and get exposed to some of the learnings and trainings and, and, and how the mental strength um, helps them. So that's why it was kind of my aim to begin with, um, but, yeah, I have actually got a psychology degree on top of that behavioural science degree. So I think it's always been fascinated me about this, the mental strength of, or of any person, but, but I guess specific to sport because that's what I know. That's, that's great. So are you speaking a lot uh, or is this mostly online or kind of a combination? Um, bit of both, bit of both. Um, well, I was supposed to go and speak a fair bit over East and um, like they wanted me in South Africa as well, but mm-hmm. because of COVID, I haven't been able to get anywhere. So it's really mainly online at the moment. You Have you created any other programs? I know that you, the, between the four of you, there's quite a few out there. Have you created anything else, Suzette? Me? Yes. Um, no. Well, okay. this program is a six-week course, but um, no, that is the main one. The main one that I would bother chatting about. Yep. Okay. How about uh, Tracy with self love? I, th- I know that you have that, and uh, and the juggling mom is is a lot that you've put out as well. Tell us about that just briefly. Well, <laughs> I suppose it's just a um, a blog to help out the juggle that you have in life as a mum and sport and work and everything else in between how to help get by and do you know everything that um Suze does in her do your best way it kind of relates to real life so I actually draw from all of her um workshop her workshop as well to help through life because no not everything's peachy all the time and I am actually fortunate enough to co-author a book also um it's called Empowered Women Empowering the World Sally and I actually 
have both um, been able to write a chapter each in it and it tells mm. a little bit of um, cool. my story really on um, surprise. Oh, well done. So <laughs> that's what it looks like, Ryan. No one else can see it. But <laughs> you can buy it online at um, thejagglingmum.com.au and it's actually coming out on um, audiobook soon, I think in July. Possibly, and you can get it on ebook as well at the moment. I I have um, head down, kind of getting kids. I've got because we've got so many of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> life with children, being a mum is my number one thing, and then obviously sport. And I think my children have um, relished in the same passions I do in sport too. So I am constantly on the run, um, taking them to all their particular sports. So it's, it's pretty much going, I hate to interrupt, but it's when you talk about a juggling mom and all the things that they have to do, there's one level where you're basically, you know, you're surviving life and life comes at you from all different ways. But the next level would be thriving, uh, obviously, where you're, you're not just surviving, but you're, you're getting, you're moving forward, you're, you're growing, you're building confident children. And do you think uh, sport has a lot of influence in that? Helps take that to the next level, or am I missing something? Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Yep. Yep. So I probably was the hardest to bring up from my, our mum. She, smart lady, she is um, really pushed us all, but uh, me in particular as well towards sports so I actually played polo cross but I didn't love it as much as the girls I didn't really like courses as much as the girls so I found passion in um, playing touch rugby as well and so mum always was in my corner and was always there and pushing me and asking making me do my best and um, she was a rock solid lady we're quite blessed to have her as our mum because um I could have gone to a really bad path. I could have gone down a really bad path, but because I had sport there and and that drive to win and do your best, which is, which is the um, what mum always used to say for us, is to do your best. Yeah, that actually helped and actually touches in that in my chapter anyway. It's a, yeah, real driving force behind. Yeah, hope that makes sense. Well, there's so many things uh, and I'm going to have to try to, I haven't actually made, I actually had to go through all of your social media and websites write down all the things that you are contributing to the world that you are you know you're you have become very successful women and then you've put things out there you even have a facebook group right mom's making a different mom's making a different how many are in that hmm. not sure who knows uh don't know three thousand yeah how many two thousand or three thousand oh, that's we a lot in COVID and um yeah, it's cool. Mm. Awesome. Are there any other? Are sleeping, okay. Ryan? <laughs> 1. 1. 1.2 members. 1.2 1. Okay. members. Great. 1.2, like a point two of a member. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got 1.2. You've got three. You're killing it. <laughs> Don't do people. Tell me about the uh, Gerardale Body Mind and Fitness for Kids. Yeah, Sally. cool. You've got about three businesses. They're all mushed into one, Ryan. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's a few businesses. One of them is Jared Old Body. It's a local business here. It's massage and yoga. Then I have the Equestrian Centre, Jared Old Equestrian. It's a local business as well. 
there are some online platform things going to be coming through on Jared Equestrian with to do with horsemanship, which will be pretty cool. Stay tuned for that. Then the MindFit Kids Academy. That's my passion project, which is um, helping children to become grounded, resilient and well-adjusted. Mm. And I'm just about to publish a book called Becoming a MindFit Kid. Well, I'm actually about just about to publish a set of five books. They're books for children between six and 12 years of age to help create grounded, resilient, well-adjusted children, teaching them through the power of story, mind fitness, which is something that all of us seem to have got from our mum. And then we've all used it in our elite sports, stuff that we've learned from the Australian Institute of Sport uh, and through playing for Australia. And then mind fitness is then something that you use in everyday life. And I think it's so important to teach our children the power of a strong, fit, healthy, flexible mind because you have a strong, fit, healthy, flexible body, but if your mind, your mind controls everything. So the Mind Fit Kids Academy is a program that I've put together to help parents, will help children have a fit mind. Just, uh, yeah, get the best, use the power of a positive mindset, grow resilience, self-confidence, and self-esteem, healthy self-esteem. So I'm really proud of the program and it's being sold globally now, which is which is cool. It's amazing, Brian. My kids love it when they um, go into the program and listen to the stories and do the worksheets and colouring in and things with it because it just gives them a very clear understanding and ways to deal with life's a bit different in school these days. Like um, all four of mine are now at school and the influences and the, and the stuff that happens in there like how to deal with it, how to um, still stay grounded, how to not be offended, you know, how to be resilient against their day-to-day and what's happening within their world. They love it, absolutely love it. I'd highly recommend it. I was going to ask the question, you know, what what's the biggest thing that you confront when a, a child is having, you know, not grounded and uh, having a lot of difficulties? Um, and you, like you said, Suzette, there's influences at school, but what other things might be influencing that? Or mindset social media social media isn't it and such an ever-changing society our world's changing so fast there's lots of things to fix it there's not just one issue here in play there's parenting there's outside influences there is like if a child can understand the way that their mind works then they can at least have an understanding or they can be armed with the tools to help them overcome just about anything in life and so the programs are for children that are struggling, but it's also for children that are heading towards being elite in anything as well. It's not only just kids, you know, that have low self-esteem. It's for children like our children that definitely don't have low self-esteem. So, um, <laughs> so you know, anyway, that's the program. It's pretty amazing. And check out the website if you want to see it. But what I'm really excited about is I haven't told the girls yet, but I'm just about to publish a book called Parenting Mind Fit Kids. So I reckon that'll be out by the end of this year. So it's oh. for parents. So one aimed at parents, one aimed at the kids and the programs aimed at the kids. So we should have it all covered in one. Um, oh. I'm really proud of it. Oh, that's a huge, that's a huge announcement here on the podcast. Mm. The- Woo! Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's, um, that's really cool. But I, I don't know, mum always taught us to be the best at everything we, you know, always do your best. And so um, that is what we definitely do. And, you know, 
have you know so with our horse influence you know elizabeth's really high-end retail brand is that where you're going next run i might have missed who's that doing the, who is oh doing this God. interview yeah who's interviewing oh, i'm you? good at it i'm good at it i'm good at it i know that Badly. hasn't slipped you though has it ryan uh, no, London barbara. <laughs> no, London go ahead. barbara gone which is mulberry roll. calves it's amazing they're phenomenal in fact have i got one no i haven't <sighs> go on, I tell me oh it. you do yeah Mm-hmm. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Mulberry silk scarves are all like they're hand rolled. They're phenomenal. They're top and end stitched. and stitched, mm. and hand they have hands, amazing yeah. designs on them from all from polo experiences. Like it's it's amazing. Tell us about it, Liz. Sorry, Ron. Oh no, it's okay. Um, it's they're it's only small, but I created it called London Barbara after my first daughter. Um, it's basically. Um, a silk investment piece. So um, at the moment I've started with scarves and ties um, and I got an artist to do me um, hand-drawn photographs of um, high-end tango polo players as well as my husband. I mean, my husband's in the middle. Um, Uh, The biggest picture. Mm -hmm. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> so everybody can wear Lizzie's having him around, around their neck. <laughs> <laughs> Loop around our neck. Uh, so I've I've always um, enjoyed uh, fashion, luxury. and you're all about yeah. and you're all about style, Elizabeth. Yeah, style and luxury um, items um, for them to become more affordable um, for day to day people um, is what. Um, the avenue I'm going down but um I haven't done any polycross ones yet but that is on my list I've had a fair few people ask me why I chose to start with polo instead of polycross but um in the not too distant future I'll get some polycross ones made um now tell us Liz for this new design which of us will we will be on the design who's going to be wrapped around hundreds of thousands of people's of necks <laughs> yeah it's oh, funny no. yeah yeah it's funny because people i tell people i played polo cross and of course they think it's polo um because yeah. it's not so it's not so yeah. big here and so i say it's poor man's polo you uh, just have to have one horse if if you can make you know if you make some polo cross stuff that's high end then uh we can start getting some some street cred and people respect us more <laughs> or oh, you could just change idea. your spin, Ryan, and tell them it's not poor man's polo. You could just tell them it's polo cross. It's like lacrosse on a horse. <laughs> but you don't have you don't have lacrosse over there where you live. You yeah, we netball. do. Oh, you have lacrosse. I know, yeah. I thought it was called netball. We have both. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. Because the isn't it the Native Americans that invented it? So did you actually get that lacrosse? Yeah. yeah, probably. Did yep. they? I don't where, know. Where did you, Ryan, where did you get polo cross from? Mm, England. <laughs> oh, love it. Sit down. All right. Yeah, well, so, do you remember you're talking to some Aussies here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or oh, rather they're... headstrong Aussies too, just the same. Yeah. And we're all female. Mm. Oh, this, is, this has been phenomenal. <laughs> No, I'm serious. This is this has been great. Uh, this will be very easy to edit. I won't have to really t- take anything out because you're all so well spoken, 
Is this your first podcast, Ryan? This is number 36. Woo-hoo! So uh, oh. I, I haven't gone and done my homework. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. So to finish off. How do off, we find you then, Ryan? Will you send us a link? Well, it's on uh, it's on Spotify and Apple. I have a website. Cool. I have a website, pullacrossmadesimple.com. And it has a podcast link. All right. I'll go have a look. But, pull across uh, what simple? Pull, pull across made simple. Yeah, pull across yeah. made simple.com. So to finish off the podcast, this has been phenomenal. Uh, what are you excited about for this year? Let's talk about the future. So give me something to be excited about. So excited about this year for Polacross in particular or just in life in general? Both. Anything. I'm really, sound like we're really excited, don't we? I am really <laughs> excited about publishing the new book that I just told you about and about all the amazing business opportunities and that are going on right now. Polacross is always something that I love, but I am really excited about business more than Polacross at the moment. I'm excited. Well, selection year. So um, if we're wanting to make the next nationals, then we're going to have to have a full-on year for Polacross. Um, also excited about business adventures that are just a little, you know, insight that we um, may, you know, we've all gone off and done our own different types of business, but we may um, do something together, um, which is a little bit exciting. Yep. Don't um, let the cat out of the bag, Lizzie. Don't no, let the cat out of the bag. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anticipation is... Yeah, everyone's going to be on the edge of their seats waiting for this one. Oh, yeah. Um, and my, I've got a question for you, Ryan, before I hand over to the other girls. Um, are you part of the Polycross Bible? No. Yes. No, they haven't even Can asked you interview me. them? I interviewed them, and I, I make fun yeah. of them. That's that's my job, to, make, to, 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 to chat them up and humble them because – there's such an, a big, uh, you know, influence on the pull across world. No, um, no, I'm definitely not. And I think they've asked some some yanks, but no one's actually, to my knowledge, no one's accepted or no one's. Yeah. So that's where that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Well, you've okay. interviewed a lot of people, Ryan. I'm looking at your um, podcast lists at the moment. Yeah. I better go and have a listen. Yep. It'll, it'll definitely uh, you'll get some time spent for sure. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> With all your free time, CZ, you know. Oh yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Hold on, oh, hold on. I have to push it back to Lizzie. Do you know of any Aussies that are in the Polar Crest Bible? Um, I let cats out of bags. Oh, uh, no, I don't. I know someone, but I'm not going to so, tell you who. Okay, and they they the don't have females yet. Thing? Which isn't it? Secret squirrels. The Polar Crest Bible. That's why they. <laughs> let loose a few um opinions that probably don't sit well with a lot of people yeah i think that's that's the key to their success is yeah no one actually has accountability which uh no. yeah Hilarious. <laughs> all right who else give me some more excitement for the year i've got a few i've got um well my uh well i've got several businesses that they're all um smashing it but what um i've just started doing actually ryan is playing afl football which is an australian football mm. which i'm pretty excited about i haven't um ever played this particular sport before and 
my sisters and husband think I'm crazy because, you know, a little bit longer in the tooth starting such I a don't. sport, but I'm pretty excited. Well, let me dig into that a little bit. Um, so I saw the Facebook post, right? And you said, anyone want to join me? Is that what that was about? God, you don't miss a trick, do you? No, I'm everywhere. So what position do you think you'll start off in AFL? I know bench nothing about. Bench warmer. Bench warmer. <laughs> <laughs> orange cutter. Yeah, I'm actually the orange peeler. I'm just taking the water out to the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you, you just have to wait on me, Ryan. Ryan, you know she'll start as Ruck. The They've got her in as Ruck Rover, which is the man, the person, the woman right in the middle that taps the ball down. She's not the tallest, but she can jump really high and she's really tough. All right. I want, <laughs> I want you to protect your ears. That sounds a little bit dangerous. But... Oh, that's rugby. Oh, uh, okay. All right. As they're still biting um, and tried kicking. that. As you're still biting and kicking and, and stepping on people with your cleats. Yep. I'm sure there'll be plenty. I'll let you know. <laughs> the other exciting thing about this year, like Liz said, is the selections for the Nationals. And I'm quite looking forward to watching. My biggest thing um, playing at the moment is watching the kids develop and seeing where they're at because each year they just, I don't know, they're just at new levels every single time they rock out there. They're probably my biggest things. Awesome. Oh, and the joint venture business Liz um, was chatting about, but you'll hear more about that later down the track, especially if you're checking my personal posts. Mm, okay, okay. Tracy, I hate to put you on the spot, but what are you excited about this year? That I have another whole year to live. <laughs> really yeah keep it simple <laughs> well it's much better than six foot under i suppose trace good point <laughs> you know what? absolutely 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 so um all right so possibly i'm in the same boat as Sue's. i really thrive on watching my kids um, ride and play their sport, well, sports and polo cross, making memories because obviously that's all you get when you when you leave this world, isn't it? Some cool right. memories. And yeah, there's, it's a selection year this year, and I absolutely love playing my mare. So and yeah, so I'm that's quite excited. Truck? I know I can't wait to finish my truck. <laughs> so so yep, there are on. so there are three of you officially going for nationals next year yeah okay. yeah okay. sally might be in the masters but um she <laughs> so she's a few years older than us girls ryan significantly a few years tell. older <laughs> i definitely couldn't tell just for everybody that's listening she's pulling a finger sign to me right now <laughs> I, I get it because it's a podcast it's not a lot she's, she's saying she's saying you're number one yeah, uh, thank you, Ryan. She totally just, explained that. Just like Trace, Tracy was, was um, when she said, just to be alive, she was saying, I'm full of gratitude. There's always That's what she was spin. saying. Yes, yep. yes. She oh, was saying great. she's really grateful. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, my um, children are a little bit older than the other girls' kids. So it's the same as Trace and Sue's, and Lizzie will be the same too. It's really cool watching them come along. But... Um, my boys are also really good at AFL football. So it's the juggle between the two sports because they overlap a lot. So right. the, you know, we'll be running down after the AFL stuff for a while. So I can't commit to the polycross because polycross is always there. You can play 
if I wanted to, I could probably make the women's team again <laughs> at 42 years of age. Yeah, yeah. So you can play polycross until, you know, at the high level until, you know, you're my age. So, or and above, my kids are going to chase down that footy dream because the, the age for that is quite young. You know, like you've only got, your window of opportunity is younger. So for me, business and the kids' football is precedence over our polycross, but we will be always back into it again. Are there any, okay, the last thing would be sort of a shout out. Is there anyone in yours uh, in polycross there that is up and coming that will be the next best thing? Can you think of, can, would you like to shout out anybody? It could be a boy too. <laughs> well, that would have to be one of my sons or one of his sons or daughters or one of Tracy's sons or daughters or Elizabeth. Okay. It's just inevitable. It's in their breeding. But you uh, mean somebody just coming along now in our state. What do you reckon, yeah. girls? Oh, That's Ashley awesome. Cooper. Oh, um, yeah. Jane, Jane and Trent Cooper's daughter. Yeah. She's, she's definitely tra- stand out. She played with us at the last Barbara Lister Cup. She'll be one to watch, that's for sure. She's definitely got the breeding as well. And she's, she's saying, Mom, uh, when did, what, what age were you when you did this? And she said, oh, I'm going to beat that. <laughs> so. yeah. 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 And yeah. Ashley, Ashley's got the talent. She's, she's, she is something to watch. She puts the work in too. Yeah, yeah. she does. No, talent only takes you so far. It's actually guts after that and work ethic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, close up the podcast. Thank you for your time. This is phenomenal. If you wouldn't mind sending me all of your links to everything, I will put that on the podcast, uh, in the social media post. There's just so much value to gain from all of you. You, you, you're not, you're not only talented women, uh, but you pay it forward, which is very commendable. And that's a unique thing. I think that because you have that sort of mentality though, you know, if you can, it's good to be, it's one thing to be good at something. It's another to teach it. And when you teach something, you become better at it, you know, even better. So I think that that's probably helped you along the way, uh, just being having that mindset. Thank you so much. You know, you, you have a great evening. Yeah. Anything, any last thoughts? Oh, thank you very much, Ryan, Ryan for considering us. And yeah, um, thanks for having us on. Inviting us to share our stories and our lives. And um, hopefully we see you at some test or world cup or something in the not too distant future yeah I hope maybe so. a high goal or something sam yeah maybe a high goal. yeah <laughs> yep, not, the, we'll see you at the next world cup because we'll be there we're gonna call it the lister open <laughs> <laughs> that could be quite rude <laughs> yeah the, the or, or you could just come with a full team with Ashley and Jane. Oh, yeah. That could be another thing. And then who will be your, your grooms? Will the men be the grooms? Most definitely. <laughs> no, kids. That's why we breed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at, home, at, at home babysitting. Okay. All right. Well, have a great oh, night. Uh, thank you so much. Be safe. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Take it easy. So Cheers. See you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. What a tremendous wealth of knowledge to gain from the Lister sisters. They not only dominate in the sport of polo cross, but they also pay it forward by creating programs, influencing others, and leading women to be better. And that's tremendously commendable. I really appreciate the time that they shared with me, and I feel extremely lucky for that. 
So check out their links to all their programs in the bio. Cheers to the Lister Sisters. Are you a Polacross-related business? Chucka Talk has a truly global audience. To learn more about advertising here, email me at ryan at polacrossmadesimple.com. Space is limited. Here on Chugga Talk, we appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail Sidebar button on polacrossmadesimple.com. For more Polacross coaching, go to polacrossmadesimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one.